0: Welcome to the Reroll Multiple Martial Arts Podcast, where we explore the intersections between martial arts, society, and culture. I'm Elliot. I'm Danny. And Danny, um, you know, today I want to talk about racism, prejudice, and double standards in MMA and UFC. And in particular, you know, most recently, you know, the, the whole thing with, you know, uh, Rose Namajunas and uh, jean Wei Lee in particular, you know, same with you know, the the pre-fight trash talking. You know, you know, Rose made some comments that dead than red and you know, you know, saying Zhang Wei is a puppet of the you know, you know, Chinese Communist Party, and you know, her camp is like whatever, and and also like they're also saying, yeah, the government doesn't do anything for us. They don't support us. No, they you know by default you know as a as an international athlete you know they have to put on a you know a good um relationship with with the government but at the end of the day they're just another athlete and so um so I wanted to talk about that and and everything you know that transpired you know at the um event um so I I wanted to talk about let's just start off with the booze when when Jean, you know when Jean Weili came out People were booing and I was like, man, that's like pretty, uh, you know, backwards, I think. And those that, you know, I, I was looking online, reading, you know, what people were saying. And some people will say, well, you know what? Rose is the, is, is, is the home, home person. She's the American home court. And people are going to boo the away person who also happens to be a champion from China. No, D. What, what do you think about that response?
1: I was watching it with my daughter, and neither one of us are into the game of projecting nationalism into sports. So that when she was little, and I remember the moment we we're, were watching the World Cup soccer and everyone cheers for the respective country. And she was cheering for like Argentina or something. And everyone was like, what's wrong with you? And I could tell that she was just being silly and she was a little, little girl, like six. And she was just getting under everyone's skin because she was cheering for the other team. And at six, I think she was just being silly. But what I found interesting is that at six, They were telling her, you're supposed to cheer for X country because that's your country. And she was really confused. Like, I don't know what this is about, but but she was aware that it was pissing people off. Like grown men and women were upset at this six-year-old little girl for not cheering for the country that she was supposed to. Anyway, that format is replicated all around the world. So we project nationalism onto countries. I mean, we project nationalism onto sports. And what I felt that weekend was that cycle. Unfortunately, we can't untangle the rhetoric of nationalism from the rhetoric of race and racism. They were born simultaneously. The concept of the nation state co-constructed the concept of race and we project that racial construct onto the nation so it becomes an ugly thing it, almost impossible to be nationalistic and not be borderline racist anyway to your point or to your question which I'm long-winded is I I was catching that and I was really uncomfortable because I when when my daughter asked me who are you cheering for I was like, I like both of them. I am cheering for both. I don't want anyone to lose because I like Shang Li. Like, I really cheer for her. She's, I don't know, I'm amazed by her athleticism, her technique. Any fight promo where she's working out, I'm just jealous. I was like, I wish I could work out like you. In fact, I, I, uh, I was telling my daughter, uh, I think she posed this question, who would you want to go train with? And I was like, oh my goodness, I would want to go to Shang Shangwi Li's camp. Shangwi Li, like I think um I would learn so much from her. I would want to be like her devoted student. Anyway, that, I'm 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 a fan of her. So I was upset when the booze came out. I understood them because I was like, oh no, people, like these are amazing athletes. Don't get caught up in this nationalist of us, nationalism of us versus them. And don't turn this into a racial thing. Mm-hmm. And it became that.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, boos. Yeah, it's sports. People boo the opposing team or the people they don't like. Um, you know, someone said, "Hey, when Stephen Wonderboy Thompson uh, fought, you know, Darren Hill um, in the UK, he was booed too." You know, or like, you know, when people go to Brazil, Brazil is notorious for booing everybody, not Brazilian. And but you know, I think. But the thing, I think one thing huge here is the, you know, pre-fight fight talk and the still, you know, still people are still saying better than the red. And I'm like, okay, all right. See, I mean, <laughs> that goes to, you know, goes into what I'm I'm trying to say. And, you know, we have to understand that both Rose and Wei Lee are um, represented by Sucker Punch Entertainment. They're the same management company. And so... Um, you know, we, we got to say that there is some relationship and, um, and, you know, of course, you know, on, on, on Instagram, you know, Sucker um, Punch um, congratulated, you know, both Rose and um, acknowledged that, um, you know, the, the, the simpleton mindset is the simpleton mindset shown that night she competed as a guest in our country was disgraceful, not talking about booze, booing or rooting for Rose, but that hateful rhetoric all the Chinese athletes experience was painful and so yeah there's booze but I think there was there was it was more than that and I think um we, we have to understand that in the beginning I watched the pre the early prelims because I wanted to check out the Asian fighters um a couple a few fighters from from, from um you know Shanghai UFC PI and also um some other fighters there was, there was a couple of Mongolian fighters and the only fighter that won was the last prelim guy um who had back-to-back you know first round knockouts he's from Mongolia he's a beast right but um it it was good to see but none of those people at least me watching the screen I did not hear any booze. there was a lot of cheering but it could be that pre-prelims no one goes to the pre the early prelims except the 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 hardcore fans um and so it could be that the, the the hardcore fans were into it for the sport and then later you know the more general public the more casual people yeah you know all that stuff um you know kamaru usman he's an american he was booed yeah you know uh, um yeah masvidal masvidal is, is the hometown guy you know florida miami guy but i mean you know we, we can't just say that oh we boo anybody who's not american you know so um, and hey, Kamaru did a really good job. You know, both both Rose and Kamaru, I I, I respect their the talent. You know, it, it was amazing, amazing to see. And sorry, I'm a little, I'm I'm, I'm kind of, I need to lay all this stuff out. Lastly, um, one of the huge double standards is if people are so offended by so-called communism. I mean, yeah, I'm not a fan of the of the CCP, and you know, I'm not a fan of you know, authoritarian uh, governments, you know. um, Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of of socialism and communism in a non-authoritarian context. But regardless, anyway, that's for another conversation. Then then how come people did not boo Valentina Shevchenko? You know, she's from Kyrgyzstan, who identifies as Russian, whose dad served in the Soviet Navy. That's as red as you can get, yet people don't talk about that you know, people don't, you know, Rose and, 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 you know, uh, had trained with her earlier and said, oh, nothing but respect for Valentina, you know, all this stuff, you know, I love training with her. She didn't say any, you know, talk trash or, you know, and so I think there's a lot of double standards here where, um, yeah, people, people, people don't don't talk about the redness of Valentina Shevchenko. What do you think, Danny?
1: I agree. I agree that There's a double standard, but that double standard to me is based on um, not understanding global politics and using this fictive or incomplete understanding of us versus them, us being good, them being bad. And you choose a different villain um, each generation. So when I was growing up, Russia was the bad guy. I had no concept of China. I mean, I knew things were made in China and all we had was a rhetoric of like products that were made of lower quality. That was the rhetoric. But anyway, I'm just giving you context. China didn't have anything to do with like global politics. I was too little and too unaware to know that China was a communist bloc. I think that's how it is today. So that people think of China as the bad guy because we've built China up that way. Uh, We just ended this presidency, the former number 45, built China in that way. Um, And we do not carry as a country a more complete understanding of global politics. So that Russia maybe is a bad guy Supposedly, and I say bad guy for a whole country—that's the sexist in me, I guess. <laughs> but I'm thinking like it's a—it's a country that we're not supposed to like. But then if we ask them why, most people are going to say because they interfered with our elections. They're not talking about communism. And then why are we not supposed to not like China? I'm actually impressed if they say because they're communist. I was like, "Whoa, that's kind of cool that you have more depth to your hatred," uh, because what they're gonna say when I heard it, and I've heard it recently, was because they, 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 they're the responsible for this COVID thing. And I put that in quotes because that's not what I believe, but I do understand the incomplete nature of like hatred, or maybe maybe they don't even hate. I don't even know if they hate, because when they boo, I'm like, "Are you just being?" ridiculous, silly, or do you really boo because you think this person, who is an amazing fighter, Shang Wei Li, is responsible for whatever trauma you carry right now? You know, and that's my question. Like, are you really committed? Because when I think about this rhetoric of projecting nationalism onto sports, I go, yeah, the Olympics, it's all about that. But do they hate each other? the athletes themselves party like crazy like brothers and sisters they love each other most of the time but the audience doesn't get it there's what they try and just kind of project their own nationalism boundaries
0: so um so 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 coming up from, from from here you know i i do respect i mean this is no you know um i respect rose's athleticism i respect her thing um you know she, in a recent interview with Ariel Helwani, she studied, you know, Zhang Lee as closely as possible, her moves and all that stuff. And um, I, I, was, I was pretty impressed. I was like, wow, you know, the stuff she was saying, um, how, you know, Zhang Lee, she did train um, with Sanchai for a little bit. And she said, and, and, and Rose said, oh yeah, she does a thing that Sanchai does. I'm like, what? <laughs> a hip thing, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right, cool you know I respect that you know i um you know and i, I do have to respect that um the in her speech after after she won you know she did you know at least say that hey I know didn't mean any disrespect to her personally um that you know she respects people of all cultures and backgrounds and and stuff like that, so at least that was nice you know for her to say that i think that's that's responsible you know um but at the end of the day, you know we can't control everybody's voice and we can't control um you know other other people about there and and, and 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 um their opinions but you know I think at the same time, you know you said something you know that that made me think there's a lot of people that they might not be might might not be ill their intentions might not be bad, but I think some people are, are misinformed of how um, negatively, how it can negatively affect um, the environment. And, and, and yeah, it could be a joke, but it can also be pretty hateful. And um, I don't think it it, it, it takes someone to experience it to, to, to know that. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I think, <laughs> i i i wanted i was rooting for Kamaru Usman you know i i you know mas Vidal i i think i was uh you know impressed with him you know go, um seeing his old videos with you know kimbo slice and stuff like that that's that's badass that's tight you know but um you know hearing when when the when the crowd booed Usman, I was like, nah man, like uh-uh like <laughs> i need Usman to win, and impressively he did and and Mas Vidal you know was a he, he, he was classy, you know, even in defeat and, and, you know, in the subsequent interviews he talked about how uh, you know, Usman changed up his rhythm and it, like like Masvidal thought Usman was going to do something, but went in for the punch and faked him out and he said, hey that's good skill, fair and square
1: Let me just um, add something to this conversation that might I don't, I don't think I'll derail it, but I was thinking about your conversation about like racism. And when we look at the history of fighting, we have projected racism onto it. Uh, there was a time when like black boxers were not allowed to fight for title shots because whiteness had to be protected. Um, right now I'm actually, um, spazzing on the on the specific boxers but there was a a uh, title fight with this one uh super well known black boxer uh that comes to mind and um we'll probably come up with in a second but I was thinking about this conversation where like the person was the person who held the title was a white boxer and told him like we can fight here like in a basement but I'm not going to give you the, the title fight and I was thinking like yeah that's how it works because like they needed to protect the the, the concept of white superiority and um I think that if you look it up it's I think the last name is Johnson uh, mm. on the on the black fighter um anyway the point is that he he was smart about it. he's like no nah, we're not going to do that if you're not going to give me a title I'm not fighting you in the basement um but the point is that like when I look at the UFC I see that same projection of whiteness being protected and non-whiteness, specifically blackness, anti-black rhetoric as being stigmatized. So that when I saw Kumara Usman fighting Masvidal, I introduced where my rhetoric or my analysis lies on this like pseudo white category that we project under the term Hispanic and Latino, um, these almost white people. and I'll probably get a lot of heat for that, but I think it's, there's more space to address it somewhere else. But that's what I felt was happening. Masvidal got to be close enough to white to be cheered, Kumaro not white and therefore black. And it became this white-black fight, which we have such a long history on that um that's what was happening. And some people will say, no, that's not what was happening. What was happening is that Masvidal is from Florida, the Florida fans love Florida and they're not, they're going to back up their, their, their dude. All right. There's something of that. But every time we see these fights between these champions that are white and the other person is not white, it becomes the same rhetoric of white versus black. And hopefully people can catch that. It's, We're not there yet. I would love to be in a place where this talk is so ridiculous that I'm laughed out. No, we're not there yet because you can see it. You can see in this idea of like, why are you cheering for the white guy so much and not for the black athlete? And people are like, oh, because the black athlete is so cocky, you know, and he he doesn't show good sportsmanship. And I'm paraphrasing because this is what I hear all the time. Like, in fact, I've gotten so tired that I don't watch I used to go to a local bar to watch the UFC. And I got tired of that Mm. rhetoric being around it and alcohol. (laughs) and I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to those (laughs) places anymore. And um, that's what I think is embedded in the UFC. Not because the UFC is exceptional, because Mm. the UFC is part of the United States and therefore part of that fabric of racism. That's the only reason. And they haven't got out of it. In fact, we still have characters there was this one ridiculous character still around i'm not gonna give his name he goes about doing that rhetoric he um he is at the edge of being um racist in his rhetoric he doesn't go that far he makes it nationalist by supposedly protecting america but the reason why he won't is because he knows there's a limit there's a limit to how ugly you can be But he does that all the time. As soon as Kumara won, he came out again, but he's already been beat. So like, why are you going to do that? And I think that's where I'm at. I'm like, I want to watch the sport, but I do get um, angry at seeing the racist remarks, the racism that is still embedded in it, because I want to believe that we can get there. We can get to a better place, you know.
0: I think what's amazing is that, you know, now that MMA as a sport has grown the past couple of decades so much that there are so many international athletes competing. And I think it's really beautiful. I think it really challenges um, the American audience because, I mean, for the longest time, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, um, the the great teams were always, you know, involved with the beginning of UFC and, and stuff like that. But I think it's great that there's so many. It's, it's from all athletes are from all corners of the world now, and you know, just most most recently, the past you know several years, you know, Dagestan has been making its mark, and 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 I'm like, wow, you know, this is amazing, people, and and I think it's amazing that you know, um, you know, we we have we have some you know amazing fighters from you know Eastern Europe and, and from the know African continents and I think I think it's great. I think that this is what it's supposed to be. I think it's amazing to see um you know pop <laughs> athletes from all over the world. And I know I'm just kind of saying this, but I think it kind of just hit me, you know, in the past year. I mean I have to say that um you know I've always been into UFC, but you know the the pandemic has, you know, got me staying home. So I I just watch it like pretty often. And so, <laughs> were you going to say something? <laughs> oh,
1: I was just, I was agreeing <laughs> with you.
0: And and so I, I think it's great, you know, I mean, watching, you know, one, you know, see, okay. okay. What I like about UFC is that, you know, there's a lot of things, um, you know, Dana White keeps it, quote unquote, non-political. He doesn't talk about COVID, he doesn't, you know, he says, You know, UFC is about entertainment, and I I can respect that. Um, Sure, people can critique it, but I I I I can respect that. You know, one fighting championship, they have they really stress that honor and respect stuff to the point where I think it's kind of. it, 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 sometimes I, I'm like, is this artificial? Are these guys, like, do they really feel that way? Or are they, are they doing it for the camera and for the organization? Like, oh yeah, much respect, hugs and stuff. I'm like, nah, dude, you just got in a fight. Someone just got knocked out. I mean, like, no, nah, there's no hugs and stuff here. You know I mean? Yeah, shake hands, you know, whatever, but okay. Yeah, some fights, but after every fight, nah, you know, I, I think it's really like silly a little bit, you know? I So <laughs> I, I I while I really like that, you know, honor a tradition of martial arts I think one FC uh, kind of forces it a, a little too much to the point where I don't think it's genuine all the time and um, I, it, it doesn't I do like a little bit of trash talking it makes things exciting <laughs> so that's that's what I have to say
1: no and I think that's where we're at okay so the the part that I I was saying earlier was that there's something about understanding that two people can go into a ring and fight, and the audience is going to be excited because they've hyped out, the, hyped up that fight. The question is, what do you use to hype up that fight? And I, I'm of the I'm of the of the approach that I don't need hype actually. Well, I mean a little bit, but not. I don't think there's a lot necessary. Like it's it's great sport. We don't need to start talking dirty to one another and call each other bad terms, and me talking about your mom or your wife and like get ugly like that. But there's a space that is problematic, and that is the racial discourse around it. So that I was talking about this other fighter, uh, Jack Johnson, 1909. That's the one that I was trying to get at. That it was obviously racialized because he was not allowed to fight for the title because they wanted to protect the title under a white status. And that's where we kind of get this conversation of the great white hope. Um, And I think this space here is, or the question is, has the UFC UFC moved away from that? My answer is no. Why? Not because the UFC is unique, is because we as a country have not. Tyron Woodley, for example, made it very open that he felt that there was this racial context to his title as champion. He didn't feel that the UFC promoted him as others. I want to open this space without being disrespectful to him and say that he was also capitalizing the way the audience didn't give him that appreciation because he could not, he could, he could, make an argument against the UFC as a promotion because you are part of that promotion, but he was unable to control the audience. He was unable to control the audience affinity toward him. Uh, Another example is what happened with Amanda Nunez. Ronda Rousey was hyped as she should have. I'm a huge fan of her contribution to women in MMA, but when she was, Taken away from champion from the champion title by Amanda Nunez, the UFC could have rallied all their resources to hype her up and, mm-hmm. and show her as it, as the face. And I don't know if they did this on purpose or it was just a drop of their opportunity. However, is it any coincidence that Ronda Rousey codes as white and Amanda Nunez does not code as white? And why we lost an opportunity to have this amazing athlete in Amanda Nunez become the face of championship title in in the female woman category, you know, because we didn't get that. And I think that's what I mean about the racism invested, involved in it. And I feel that we have not left it. And I've gotten called out as being someone that overreads things, but I don't think this is a moment of overreading. This is a moment of saying it's too easy to not catch it you have to work really hard to ignore it and I I think uh, I I got a text uh, it was a Facebook post from someone who's a very low level fan of mixed martial arts and she posted something about Florida and racism and I was like yeah this is so obvious that this person that's what they what she got out of it from her experience and watching the sport. So I think that's where
0: we're at. I, I agree. I, I, I didn't really click with that man in thing. Cause she accomplished way more than Ronda Rousey has in, in, in UFC and in MMA. And, you know, you can see that, um, you know, sometimes I, I just look at, you know, UFC. Um, sometimes I, I look at uh, UFC merch. I just, just, to, just to check it out. And. The amount of Ronda Rousey shirts that are currently on sale on clearance—they're just trying to get rid of it—is um, amazing. There's just a ton, a ton of merch. There is not the same for, for Amanda Nunes. How many t-shirt designs are there for Amanda Nunes? Just 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 a few, you know? Rousey, dozens. I'm saying that dozens, like over, like a, like a lot. And so. Um, I agree. I agree. And Nunez, unstoppable. You know, even like Masvidal is like, oh no, I'm not gonna. He doesn't want to train with her because he doesn't want to, you know, be embarrassed. Him, you know, he's he's a he's a dude, dude. You know, I don't I don't want to get you know submitted, knocked out by a woman. You know, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I think this is it's 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 you know it's it's interesting to see, and um, you know we'll see um, as 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 it moves forward you know um you know how these things continue to pan out and hopefully you know i think it's it's healthy to have these conversations it's i think it's healthy even for for people to you know talk you know trash online i think it's there's a conversation and it at least there is a conversation well with that said this has been the Rewild multiple martial arts podcast where we discuss the intersections between martial arts society and culture until next time